It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast, the late weekly potpourri edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports comics and editor with Rick Broering. Each week we look at sports topics locally, nationally. We take your questions, throw hopefully a, a, a funny story or two in there at times. We were doing some ghost stories there for a while as they came back out to play. Um, these are some serious times, obviously, and um, we are the toy department of life a lot of times, and uh, hopefully we can provide a little, uh, a little levity and, uh, and maybe make sense of the senseless in some sports topics uh, as we go along today. Rick, we continue to do this as a social distancing uh, aspect, and um, while it feels like sports are creeping a little closer towards playing, it always feels like the can keeps getting kicked further down the road, be it baseball it felt like two weeks ago, hockey's coming back any day, and that feels like it's gotten the can kicked down the road. I, I guess we're going to have the sports that we love at some point, right? Yeah, I mean, it, we kind of got to that point where everyone was talking about the momentum building. You, you sort of got you know, the golf events planned, uh, NASCAR and, and horse racing, and a few of these other things were, were set in stone, so we knew when they were going to be back, and it's like, okay, things are returning. And then now we've gotten to this point, it just feels like, man, nothing's ever coming back. Like, we are at full boredom. Everyone's got the itch. We all look like fiends out here if you're a sports fan. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's about time. I'm ready to see, see some sports again. I, I will say I, had, I, I think I told you this on the, on the podcast last week. I, I got the haircut. I feel so much better. Um, I, I feel like there's a little normalcy there as opposed to having wings coming out of my hair and the hair flipping in the back. Um, I now can put a ball cap on or even actually, believe it or not, wear it without a ball cap, which for the first time in three months seems odd. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not much of a hat guy. Fortunately, I don't have to go that route since I keep it so tight. But uh, a lot of guys in your boat the last month or so just rocking a hat nonstop, twenty four seven. No doubt about it. So uh, hopefully, like I said, we're we're getting inching closer. We at least hope, um, but we will see. All right, we got a lot to get to as we always do. So Rick, hit it off. Skinny, you wrote a column this week on local12.com that everyone can go and read that uh, drew some attention. It was the top five what if they hadn't gotten injured players in Bengals history? At number five, you had running back Kenny Irons. At number four, it was running back Icky Woods. At three, running back Kijana Carter. At number two, defensive end David Pollock. And at number one, quarterback Greg Cook. I have some questions about this, so let's start here. Yep. Who were the hardest two to slot in your rankings here? Like, Which one was the toughest, this guy over that guy, in terms of second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever? Actually, probably keeping Chris Perry out, but I was never a big Chris Perry guy, and I don't know if the – when I did see him play, I just thought he was nothing more than a backup running back at best. Um, I, I did put in the list, I put four other people to consider, and he was one of the four that I considered for it. Um, I know probably people would go Kajana higher. I, I wasn't ever all that high on Kajana either. Um, again, this is my personal thought. The, the, I guess the David Pollock being two, because you could argue maybe he should have been five. I mean, there's a lot of them. To me, I know people aren't going to remember him, especially people your age. Greg Cook, for me, is clearly number one. Everything else below that, um, you could have probably slid. I mean, Kenny Irons at five, we never saw him. We literally saw him play one preseason game, and, and that was it. So he could have been on there. And just for clarity's sake, if people didn't read the piece, it kind of stemmed from a story that Yahoo Sports did on, on Charles Fisher, who was a, a, a Bengals draft pick in 1999, a second-round pick, and uh, he earned a, a starting spot as a rookie. And unfortunately, in the very first NFL game he played, he blew out his knee and never played a game again. And the story talked about, you know, 20 years later, um, where his career is, which is he actually is a sports agent with, uh, with Rock Nation, I believe, and with, uh, with John Thornton, a f- another former Bengal. So it kind of spurred that. I would probably – if that hadn't been kind of the lead into the piece, I think Charles probably would have made the top five as well, but that kind of was the impetus for the piece. Uh, I know for you, you probably are going to have Kajano higher, but uh, I, I thought Kajano right in the middle was about the right spot for me. Well, so you kind of answered my, my second question, which was going to be, why did Kenny Irons beat out Chris Perry? And it sounds like, cause you just didn't think Chris Perry was going to be that good to begin with, even though he was a yes. first rounder and, and Kenny Irons was a second rounder. And he did get a full season in, I think, his second year, Chris Perry did. And like I said, he was, he was nothing more than a backup running back. So, and, and I think I'm not sure that's all he was ever going to be. So, to me, that's not, not a real what if. Maybe that's wrong because the injury certainly robbed him of his career. I'm not going to discount that. Like I said, he was certainly under consideration for it. But for Kenny Irons, I mean, we literally never saw the guy play other than a preseason game. Yeah, he was I'm- a second-round pick. 
Yeah, and, and I don't have much, much problems with that. In fact, I was kind of I, – I wasn't happy when they took Chris Perry with that pick. I didn't think he was going to be very good, so I kind of agree with your take there, but I, I thought it was notable when I saw it. Um, you know, I, I obviously wasn't around for the Greg Cook situation, so it's hard for me to really rank that properly in general. What you wrote makes sense to me. I was surprised by the David Pollock pick just because I thought we'd kind of seen a little bit more of him. But then when I kind of read what you wrote, it did make sense because Pollock had shown some legit potential in meaningful games and looked like he was on track for a fairly promising career, uh, maybe at the, on that defense. So I get it. Like Kijana Carter, we really never got to see him do anything uh, when he made it. So I didn't have many problems with that either after I read your explanation. Um, one of the guys you listed in the also considered was Tyler Eifert. How close yes. was he to actually making the top five? He probably would have been seventh or eighth on the list. And, and again, just for clarity's sake, Odell Thurman, I didn't include him because he is certainly a great what if, but his what if was more self-induced. Um, I did include that as a note of why he wasn't in the rankings, but I think you'd agree with me. Odell Thurman would clearly be one of the top two or three what-ifs in Bengals history for oh, sure after question. that rookie season. So uh, that was the only reason I didn't include him. Yeah, Eifert, um, Eifert would probably have been eighth, I guess, overall, because we at least did see the one great year for him um, in, what was that, 15, um, when he had the, the 13 touchdown receptions. But it also led you to going, well, what if he could have been that guy for all those years? Because, man, what a weapon he was. Right. In some ways, that's sort of how I look at it is the times even – recently when we've seen Tyler Eifert on the field he's capable of making plays in the NFL there is zero question about that he is a legit weapon so I could easily see him being all the way up as as high as number two on this list if you really wanted to go down that that road you could make the argument of he has as much potential to be a game-changing player as anybody on this list because we saw him do it at the NFL level it just was so brief because of the injury history and uh uh, it's you know just an unfortunate situation. One of my other takeaways while looking through this list was really just how far modern medicine has come. Yes, as you start reading, it's like, man, this guy had a knee injury. It's like a lot of guys come back from that, but nowadays, or, or a shoulder injury with Cook, a lot of guys come back from that type of stuff now, and and they're just as good as new. I mean, we've had you know look Adrian Peterson obviously being the most freakish case ever of coming back in less than a year and and being the NFL MVP is so. I thought that was something that really jumped out to me is how many of these guys, it was just one injury and then they were basically never the same and couldn't play again. Yeah. If you go back, I mean, Kenny Irons blew out his knee, tried to come back and it didn't work out. And actually he was in 2007. Yeah. He's a little more modern, right? Icky Woods blew out his knee in, in, in the late eighties to early nineties where guys were having surgery and having arthroscopic surgery at times for that kind of stuff. uh, Even if you didn't tear something and you wonder if, you know, if he'd have been along another eight or 10 years later, if that would have been a better ending for him. David Pollock obviously was freakish with a broken neck. He was not going to come back from that. Um, obviously, got to consider himself, I guess, fortunate that he actually is, you know, able to function as an adult and didn't get paralyzed and all those things. Greg Cook is the one, though, that he suffered a torn rotator cup when he landed on his, on his shoulder when he got tackled and um, went on an undiagnosed for a period of time. And then he could never come back. Today, he would have had Tommy John surgery, right? No, or not Tommy John. He would have had rotator cuff surgery and been probably okay to come back. I mean, it would, might, may have been a year, but this is a guy that tried to come back in 70, couldn't play. 71, couldn't play. 72, couldn't play. Came back and threw three passes in 73 and shut it down because they were unable to do anything with it. And, you know, 10 years later, 15 years later, if it had happened, he might have been able to have that, that surgery on the rotator cuff and come back from it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just – Something that I definitely took away looking through your write-ups on these guys. One last question I had here. I assume Chris Henry wasn't included because he wasn't injured? He was injured a bit, but yes. Um, to answer your question, yeah. Somebody sent a, a, a tweet, I think, to me about that. And, and um, I was never, Chris Henry, to me, was at best going to always be a third wide receiver as well. And, you know, some of his issues were self-induced and certainly sad, you know, that, that – his life ended way too short. Um, so, yeah, I, I just – he 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 didn't pop to my head, to be honest with you. Wow. I mean, when you, when you bring up the what-if topic when it comes to Bengals players, like number one to me is Odell Thurman. That comes first to mind. And number two is Chris Henry. 
I mean, I mean, granted, I know when you look at the stats that he put up over what five seasons or however long he played, they weren't eye popping at all. But he was also paired up at the same time as probably the two most, the most prolific pass catching duo in Bengals history um, with Chad and TJ ahead of him. So I think that's a big part of why his stats were pretty limited, and he had some big play potential early on in his career. I mean, let's face it, the, the first game of the 2005 playoffs, who'd they throw that deep pass to? Chris Henry. Chris I mean, Henry. Yeah, he, just, he, could, he could do things that, that some other guys couldn't do. I think he had big-time potential, but he was limiting himself in some other areas too in terms yes. of lack yeah. of focus, I think. And, and that's for me, some of the self-induced stuff, I, I did this more of a what-if injury segment as opposed to a what-if they hadn't been a knucklehead portion of it. Um, you know, o- Odo Thurman, to me, I think I'm with you. If you just did a what-if in general, he will always be the greatest what-if to me because, let's face it, he could have anchored that defense – on some really good teams too, right? For a decade. Yeah, he was he was an extraordinary talent, but just couldn't get out of his own way. ESPN asked an interesting question on one of their morning shows, so I'll uh, pose it to you, Skinny. If you were drafting the AFC North quarterbacks for the 2020 season and the 2020 season only, meaning no long-term potential comes into the equation here. And no what, past success and no pet whatever you did in the past, just kind of right. where they are today. Right, it's just for the season. What order would you draft them in? I found it interesting where their commentators went, and I'll go to theirs in a second. I think it was Dominique Foxworth and uh, Rob Ninkovich, I believe, um, did theirs. Uh, may have been somebody. I know it was definitely Dominique Foxworth. I, it may have been Dan Graziano or somebody else. But if it was for me, I mean, I think Lamar's number one. Um, uh, and you certainly are going to base this on what they've done, too. I mean, I want to base it on, look, Lamar where he is today and based on what he did last year. And while I still have doubts of – of his long-term viability because of the way he plays that one hit knocks him away. To me, he is clearly number one. And then it's a huge drop off from there. See for me, number two, I think I'd take Baker Mayfield and both analysts put him fourth. I still think Baker in two years has done a lot. He hasn't been extraordinarily consistent, but he's also still done an awful lot for two years into the league. I think I'd probably take Burrow three because I do feel there's that potential there to be great. And believe it or not, I'm taking Ben four because of his age, what's around him, and he's coming off of a major surgery. Uh, um, again, I'm not doing this on body. If I'm doing it on body of work, I'm Ben would be number one based on, on body of work. But where we are today, and they actually went a lot different. They went Lamar, Ben, both of them number two. Actually, both of them went the same way. But they went Lamar, Ben, uh, Joe Burrow, and Baker fourth. I'm putting Baker number two, and look, I'm a big critic of Baker. I, I think there's a lot of, of of hype and at times no substance, but I also look at a guy who's been through a whole lot in two years as far as coaches, personnel, a five-ring circus. Some of it's his own undoing. He's done some really good things in two years. He went from a one-win football team to winning, what, 12 or 13 games the last two years combined. That's a pretty nice accomplishment uh, with, you know, having three head coaches and uh, two or three offensive coordinators. Um, To me, I'm taking him number two. Uh, I know if Pittsburgh fans listen to this, they will be pissed I took Ben fourth. And, again, if it was body of work, Ben's body of work speaks for itself. But for 2020, with what's around him, his age, where he's at in his career, coming off the surgery – and I'm drafting where I think these guys are going to help my football team, he becomes number four for me. What about you? Well, the argument for taking Ben early, and there's no argument for taking him over Lamar Jackson, like you said. There's a clear number one here. Lamar Jackson is easily the most talented player. You can question, you know, I'd, oh, I think he could get injured down the line or whatever, but you're just drafting him for this year and this year only. Right. He is the most talented player player out of these guys without question and the most proven at this point um because you could make the argument oh well what about joe burrow he has potential still okay we'll see um but the argument for taking ben number two is that you have a guy that is ready for any situation right i mean he's played at the super bowl he's done he's done it all at this point like he is ready right now if you if you put the team in place around him he is going to know what needs to be done but I'm with you. When I look at what he's coming off of in terms of the injury, how fat he got this offseason, which he does pretty much every season, he just doesn't take care of his body. And it, it has shown up over the course of the season in the form of injuries. I mean, he is just, it's, his body is deteriorating, likely because he's such a big guy who doesn't take care of himself. And then he's, he's played a long time. He's played 17 years. And he's taken a bunch of hits, too. Right. And you're putting your body through the ringer of, a, of an NFL season. If, if you're not in immaculate shape, I mean, even if you are in perfect shape, 
you're going to have problems. And he really doesn't take very good care of himself. So it's not a surprise that he keeps getting injured. And that would be my biggest concern is that I'm putting my eggs in the Ben Roethlisberger basket and then he gets injured a couple games into the year and you, you really have a problem. Either of the other two guys I'd feel pretty good with um, but yeah, I'm with you. I think you got to go Baker Mayfield over Joe Burrow at this point, just because he's been in the league. He's, he's gone through the problems that Joe Burrow is about to experience yes. over the next year plus. And I think the the point you made is a great one that while Baker has been inconsistent, you really have to look into that Brown situation. Look at the team he inherited. Look at how bad they were. Yes, they've upgraded the talent in significant ways, but at the same time, it's been a circus. I mean, the, the the coaching staff has been pretty much a joke, if we're being honest. And, like, he has not had stability since he arrived, and yet he still has put up some numbers and shown flashes of his potential. So I think I'm with you. I think I'm going uh, Baker Mayfield at two. I probably go Big Ben at three over an unproven rookie, but at the same time I would feel pretty good about taking Joe Burrow as well. I mean, uh, that- it matters a lot what type of team you're putting around these guys, right? Like if you assume you're putting a talented team around them, then I feel pretty good about any of the four. And I didn't do the ranking. I just did based on fantasy football. Cause that's always a, a crazy way to do it. But if I was asking you from a fan, so if, if you're doing your fantasy draft right now and, and those are the four, the way we're going to do, you get the draft, we'll call it the AFC North fantasy quarterback draft. Would you still take, take, Ben over Burrow? No, no, because you know Burrow is absolutely going to play as many snaps right. as possible okay, right. and, and put up as – and honestly, there will be games where they're probably getting blown out and they're, he's throwing the ball all over the place and putting up numbers. So I think I would take him as a fantasy quarterback. But if I'm trying to win a Super Bowl as an NFL GM and I get to make that decision of who to build around for one year, I'd probably go with the, the veteran who's proven it. Yeah, it, it's funny. Uh, you know, I sometimes see these lists, and we are obviously in list season because that's all we kind of have to talk about. I mean, I did the list of the five what-if Bengals, right? I'm going to probably do some more lists here between now and the, the start of training camp, whenever Love that may lists. be. And usually I, I, I kind of scoff at this kind of stuff, but because it tied to this, and I just it just became so interesting to me because it's like, you know, Lamar certainly clear-cut number one, but after that, it is such a jumble. Like I said, they put Baker at number four, and I, you and I got Baker at number two, and and I, you know I've got my issues with Baker, but in all fairness, if you're if you're telling me I'm going to get a guy for 2020, uh, I'm going to go with the list I went with. Right. If I can put Baker Mayfield in a perfect situation, in theory, in this hypothetical, yep, I'd feel pretty good about Baker Mayfield as my quarterback going forward. Yeah, the, I do too. The big issue for Baker Mayfield, in my opinion, is that he's in the Browns organization. And yeah, if, if some stability comes along and he has vowed to shut his mouth and kind of change his ways a little bit, we'll see if that holds up. Then okay, I, I, I'm going to go with that cat moving forward. Well, I think the Browns have as much potential to improve Agreed. from last year to this year as pretty much any team in, in the league. So as leagues look to return during the coronavirus pandemic, fans won't be in attendance at least at the start, which will lead to some tough decisions for broadcasting partners in terms of how they present the game. Many ideas have been thrown around and already tried in other sports, such as soccer in Germany and baseball in South Korea. Some of them include piping and crowd noise to the stadiums or the broadcast, having cardboard cutouts of fans in the stands, placing big screens along the sidelines displaying fans watching at home on Zoom, having broadcasters call the game from remote locations, miking up more players, etc. What do you think broadcasters should do while presenting games without fans in the stands? Yeah, I, I don't want the fake crowd noise. Um... You can go look this up on YouTube. It was an old show back in the, the late 60s, early 70s, um, hosted by Dick Enberg called Sports Challenge. And they'd bring like the Oakland A's to come in and face the Los Angeles Rams. And it was a sports trivia game. And at that time in my life, I loved that kind of stuff. So, and, and TV was different then. And, and part of it was, Dick Enberg would narrate a, a clip of a famous event that people would, and then they'd ask a kind of question off of it. And they'd have that fake crowd noise. Now listen, crowd noise in 50 years from a production standpoint has certainly changed. I'm sure from how bad that was, but I always back, even back then, like, man, just stop with the crowd noise. Let my man just narrate this and, and let it stand on its own. I don't want fake crowd noise. I think you and I are in agreement. Cause we talked about this a couple three weeks ago, I think in terms of baseball only, but just in sports, I think more mic'd up stuff would be fascinating. And I think people, honestly, you want to hear some of that stuff. I, I think that stuff to me is interesting. Um, 
some of it is some of it isn't it has to be the right person i mean you can make up a guy who um is you think is going to be a big personality and is not so i think you have to kind of gauge some of that you obviously have to gauge some of the language where you just tell the audience listen you may hear a curse word slip out oh my goodness your little johnny's going to live through that um I, that to me is what i want to hear i don't want fake crowd noise rick i i, I just i think that's too hokey you're going to hear see through it and it's just it's just going to detract more than it's going to uh, uh, enhance the broadcast in my opinion well and i saw lance McAllister talking about having more mics and you know being able to hear all the players and whether you're doing that by miking the individual players up or you're placing you know parabolas at, at the end of baselines in in basketball or on you know, each sideline and football or what have you with no fans in the stands, no crowd noise. If those mics are turned up at all, you're going to be able to hear the players talking, the coaches talking, the right, refs talking, right, all of right. So it really doesn't matter how they do it. You're going to be able to hear the players a lot more. And Lance brought up the idea of because of the language, what if you had maybe two broadcasts, one where, you know, you kind of had this broadcast where it's full on, you can hear everything going on with the idea that you're going to hear F-bombs and everything else going on. And then a family friendly broadcast where they don't have those mics turned on at all. You can only hear the broadcasters calling the game. And if, if they need to go to that extent for some people, I'd be fine with that. But I'm with you. I would love the opportunity as a fan to get the all-inclusive experience where we really get in and feel like we're on the court listening to these guys as they're going. The trash talk would just be phenomenal content, I think, for the broadcast and would really make up for the lack of atmosphere. Yeah, I think the logistics for what Lance is talking about would be almost impossible. Now, ESPN did it with uh, with The Last Dance. You had the clean version on one of the ESPNs and the family version on another one of them. They have that luxury with multiple channels. But a Reds game on Fox Sports Ohio, what's the other outlet for the family-friendly one? The, the Xavier game, even on FS1. Um, or even on national Fox, where's the alternative broadcast go? So I think logistically that would be a very tough one to do for, yeah, a national broadcast like an ESPN, maybe a Monday night football where they could put the family friendly on, on ESPN two and the, the, uh, the unedited version on ESPN. Yeah. For some of that, I think for the rest of it, you either, you either have to have the disclaimer up top to say, there's going to be some language you may not like. Um, and listen, that's real too. I mean, I, I, I kind of like the realism of it. Um, Sure, but I can understand why there will be some parents who yes, I know. Uh, yeah, don't want to hear enough bomb. Like yeah. I get that. I, it's not me, but I get it. Yeah, no, I just, I, I, but I go back to the logistics of that would be difficult. So if that's the oh, case, yeah. then I don't think you have any miking whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, you're really, you're really talking about those national broadcasts, like you know the, like we've seen them do with the college football playoff games and stuff before, where they'll have four broadcasts going simultaneously, and some will be like just a hangout. Um, those types of things. Uh, what do you think? I mean, is there anything they can do to engage fans in terms of the broadcast? Like I've seen people talk about making it more of like a Twitch stream where you have a comment feed going. I do not like that idea at all. Do not. I don't do want, that. yeah, I don't, I don't want that either. The, the Reds have done that a couple of times. Have they not? They have the, the social media game where uh, people will tweet during the game and you can see it during the crawl at the bottom and stuff. I, I don't, I don't want that. I want to watch the game. Well, and I don't mind as much if, like, they have, like, something you can, you know, if they've got someone taking curated tweets and they've got, like, a little crawl going, that wouldn't bother me as much. But if, I don't need, like, the right side of the screen taken up by a little feed going nonstop with live comments like you would see on Twitch. If that's yeah. what they would be considering, which I find it hard to believe, then, uh, yeah, I don't need that at all. It does not need to be a big part of the broadcast. <laughs> One thing I've heard that I do think is kind of interesting because – Look, if there's no crowd there anyway, I don't think the broadcasters necessarily have to be at the game. I would be for like fan watch parties, like calling the game at a local bar or something like that and getting the crowd reaction in the bar going. That's interesting to me. The, the game going on TV. Now, now the logistics now, of that might be very difficult too because you've got to get you know legit monitors and stuff set up for the broadcast crew. It can't be them just it can't be like doing a call-in show like we do occasionally or something like that you know I mean yeah and, and honestly I mean you have to kind of isolate the broadcasters a little bit just so they can focus on their work but I mean you and I've been in that setting I mean if you put a headset on and it's a it's a pro quality headset you'll get some ambient noise going in but for the most part you're not going to hear a lot of, even if people are yelling and screaming I mean we yeah, you're fine I mean, I've done college basketball broadcasts as you have on radio in, in big crowds where it's yelling and yeah, it's loud. And sometimes you have to feel like you raise your voice to talk over it. But um, I don't think that would be any different than being, being in a bar for goodness sakes. 
No, not at all. Yeah, that's not the concern at all. It's more just like the you've got to make sure you have a feed that's not going to go out on you because yeah, you're right, actually calling right, this game for a right, national broadcast right. or whatever. Um, and you've got to make sure that you have um, legit monitors and everything. The logistics of it would have to be worked out. But if we're spending, if they're spending all the money they do to put on a broadcast like on FS1, like you would for a Big East game for Xavier, then you can spend that same money at a bar and, and get a similar product. You no, know, I, I, I agree. It's going to be too much more difficult. Yeah, I, I, don't, I think that would actually, I, I like that idea actually, because I think it does give a crowd feel to it. And especially in such a closed setting, it would be a pretty loud crowd sound, I would think, I would hope. I mean, if, yeah, if it's well, a 3-2 game Bob of the ninth and, and uh, Joey Votto hits a walk-off two-run home run in a key game, that bar is going to go crazy. You're going to have some real live crowd noise piped in. Right, and theoretically, and in, in you could kind of do, you know, instead of an Ask Marty segment where you take something over email, you've got people right there. You could do something in between innings or you could do something as a halftime, ask fans what they think or get questions called in and you can answer them, something like that. It, there are some interesting avenues you could go down with this. And since it's, it's probably temporary and we're in a weird territory anyway, I'm fine with the, the bo- broadcast going kind of bizarro world for a while. And, you know, I don't think it'd be a huge revenue stream for these these people, but I think for some of it is if I'm a bar and I think I'm going to get a great crowd because of that and maybe there's a premium to pay, whatever that premium is, that 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 network or that that broadcast entity might make a little coin off of it as well. So I know I, I think that, that's that's one of the most interesting ones to me. I, I agree with that. I just don't want I don't want a sterile stadium environment with piped in crowd noise. If we're just going sterile stadium environment, leave it be as it is. I've watched some Korean baseball. Um, you know, they're doing broadcasts, obviously, from, from remote locations. And, and as I've told you, and I actually was watching this morning a little bit before uh, some of the ESPN uh, talk show programming came on, it looks like a baseball game to me. It doesn't look any different to me than, than anything else. I don't even recognize that there is no crowd noise behind it. Um, so it, it's, I think you can do it. I really do. Now, the NFL may be different. Basketball may be different. But I think if basketball, if let's just say you have no crowd, I can't imagine we're going to be at that point when basketball starts. But if, if there's no crowd, I think you will be able to hear, so, even, even if you don't put mics everywhere, you'll be able to hear the trash talking and the coaches yelling and the coaches coaching and the players yelling and the players talking. I think you, and the sneakers squeaking. I mean, you hear that some as is. So, yeah, I, 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 I just, I don't, the, the fake crowd noise would be just silly. It, it doesn't bother me too much one way or the other if they do it or not. I don't want it just into the broadcast. If they're going to do it, I want it to be done at the stadium because I've heard that done. It sounds legitimate. They can do it really well. It can give atmosphere. And I also think like it should be part of like a home field advantage, right? Like you should get to, if you're, if they're going to allow it, you should get to hire your sort of own DJ that is like working the crowd noise at the right time and making it loud for the other team and quiet for you, stuff like that. I think that's how that should be done if they're going to do it. But I don't care really either way if it happens. The the one other thing I do kind of like that I've seen done at some of the soccer games, which I'm sure you hate, is uh, placing the giant screens with the fans watching at home on Zoom. Yes. I think if it's going to be completely empty, I am all for doing that because I think that is going to lead to some hilarious moments. Like if you have a game winner hit and stuff and you see just half of these Zoom feeds go absolutely nuts or they break their screen or something, thing it's going to make for uh for a good moment yeah just help, hopefully people stay robed well and there could be some of that too you might have to start get that blur uh button almost like the dump button going exactly the exactly broadcast. all right while major league baseball and its players are still miles apart in their negotiations and the nfl is still a ways off before decisions really have to be made the nba appears to be close to reaching an agreement on a return the league's plan for return includes regular season play-in and playoff games for the 16 teams currently holding playoff position and six more teams within six games of the eighth seed in each conference. Those teams include New Orleans, Portland, San Antonio, Sacramento, and Phoenix in the Western Conference and Washington in the East. The plan is expected to be approved on Thursday. Skinny, what are you most looking forward to about the NBA's return now that we know it's going to happen? Um, I, I guess – Seeing Zion, I mean, because we didn't see a whole lot of him. And, and let's face it, whatever they were going to do, whether it, it was, was Damian Lillard, Zion. no, no yes. question about it. Look, Damian so Lillard might have spurred some of this, you know, with his talk of not playing if he's not getting get a chance to be in the playoffs. And maybe he was the impetus for, for the expansion to 22. Uh, I think Zion was the expansion to 22 uh, uh, for me. I, I guess I'm, I'm interested to see what, what playoff anarchy we get. I'm also interested to see if 
So will, will some injured guys come back? I mean, will we see Kevin Durant or not? Will we see Kyrie Irving or not? Um, and you just mentioned the whole crowd noise thing. I mean, no one's going to have a home court advantage. Does that change some things? I mean, you know, when you, when you were in a best of seven, sometimes the key was make sure you have home court advantage. Is, is that going to matter now? Well, and they've been talking about that. I think the uh, some of the coaches sent a proposal to the league saying, you know, we, we should get home court advantage. And there's been different ideas thrown out there, some as silly as we should get first pick of which hotel we get at the Disney Resort. We start um, with a 6 nothing lead. <laughs> uh, well, others were that we should get the ball at, at, every, at the start of every quarter. Um, there's, there's a bunch of different things that they've thrown out there as ways that they could still get home court advantage. Um, I don't know that any of them are, are great ideas, but, um, like the higher seeded team receiving an extra coaches challenge was another one. Uh, they also talked about shipping in their actual floors from their arena. So it feels more like they're at home. I mean, I don't know that a lot of that stuff means a whole lot. I did see our our guy, um, Bobby Regan for Barstool Sports brought up the idea of they should get to choose who they play. So do it like a live draft. The higher seed gets to say, well, yeah, we would play the eight seed, but look, they're getting this guy back from injury. And right, right. Not after those six games, we want to play the five seed instead because they're without so-and-so and, and we know they stink and we match up well with them. So that would be a lot of fun to see some I of like the that. angst yeah, I, that, that would create amongst teams. Yeah, I like that idea. I do because um, the parameters have changed, Rick. I mean, we're talking three and a half months since you played and some guys have gotten better and some guys have – Maybe some guys have not been in shape, and you watch this team come back, you're like, yeah, they're not the same team they were when we played them back in February. That was a team that scared me a little bit. They don't scare me anymore. And that's the thing. Parameters have completely changed in three, three and a half months. And by the time they play, it'll be four months, right? The July 31st. Yeah, four months. So, yeah, I, I, I like that idea a lot. Well, and, uh, you know, they've, they've got to figure out the play-in scenario here for these extra teams because you know they're bringing several extra teams in the west and washington in the east so how do those teams sort themselves out and does the eighth seed get an advantage because they were expected to make the playoffs and now you know these other teams are trying to play their way how do you do all that i'm not sure exactly and i don't really care how they figure it out i'm just really interested to see in these early games amongst bad teams that we normally wouldn't really care about, now you're going to put potentially like an NCAA tournament situation where it's win and go home one game for these NBA teams. That could be really fun. You know, I think it could seeing, be a lot of fun. Yeah, seeing like a buzzer beater at the end of one of those games or something would be would be really cool moments that you don't necessarily get the feel of in NBA because, you know, if it's game four and you hit that buzzer beater, well, there's still game five. You know, for the most part, I mean, like there's, it's rare we get down to the game seven and it comes down to that final moment and it's so dramatic. This would create those moments seemingly for most of the games, you would think, because these teams are all going to be fairly evenly matched. Yeah, but before you move forward to whatever other topics we've got, I, I, I will say this. Maybe it's just me. It feels weird that the NBA has been marching towards returning for a long period of time here, right? And yet it's going to be July 31st when they start again. The NHL a couple of weeks ago felt like any day now they're going to talk about coming back. And yet even when they said they were coming back, it wouldn't be – this was, what, two weeks ago in the middle of May or May 20th-ish um, that they wouldn't start till July 1st. And that's where I'm looking at this whole baseball thing, right, where the can keeps getting kicked down the road and they have this early July supposed starting time. I think when when – they finally have a plan, these leagues, of coming back. And the NFL, I think, is exempt because they have not deviated from their plan other than doing a virtual offseason. I mean, their plan has still been, you know, offseason free agency, draft. Uh, we'll do a virtual offseason for safety's sake. They're talking about training camp starting on time. I mean, yeah. they are – they got to stay at home, but that's really the only change to training that, camp right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. It seems to me that the NBA actually had a lot of ducks in a row other than how they were going to get teams back and all of those things. And yet we're still talking another two months, basically, until they play a single game. Well, yeah, I mean, just think about it. One, you've got to get all the preparations for everybody to get down there and in place in Orlando together. So that's going to take a little bit, I would imagine. And you've got to test them all to make sure they're, you know, they don't have coronavirus and they're not going to shut this whole thing down before it ever gets going. 
And then after all that, you guys still need like a little training camp period. Oh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not blaming it. Just, it just feels like it's funny that they've had their ducks in a row. We're still talking two more months. Baseball doesn't feel like it has ducks in a row, and they're still talking about we're going to start July 4th. No, oh. you're not. No, you're not. Well, and here's the thing with baseball. Pitchers are going to need longer than basketball players to get themselves ready. Yes. Get their arms in shape to play. I mean, theoretically, these guys are still working themselves out. But still, I imagine the players are going to ask for some time no to question. get pitchers' arms ready. And that's totally understandable. I'm with you. I don't. I think baseball is legitimately in danger of not having a season at this point. Yes, agreed. agreed. Now, my guess is they're going to wait until the very last minute where they get down to a 50 or 60 game season, which is what the owners are now proposing is like prorated salaries for 50 or 60 games. And the players are finally just going to cave and say, we'll do it just because we want to play. But in my mind, that's what I think it's done. But right now, the way this thing is going it just does not feel like they are going to have a season because there are very real issues here economically for both sides. And then if they do have a season, the 50 or 60 games, because by the time this gets agreed to, we're still another week or two away, right? Between dotting all the, the I's and crossing all the T's. At least, yeah. And that puts us to mid-July, late July at the earliest. And guess what's going to happen at that point? You're going to get swallowed up in a perfect world by the NFL because it's probably going to – if all things are going forward with coronavirus where the NBA is playing – you know, Major League Baseball is ready to, back to come back and play. The NFL will probably be on that same timeline, okay? So you'll get swallowed by the NFL. you got a chance to get swallowed by college football. You'll be dwarfed by the NBA in the postseason, the playoffs, because it's actually the time when the, the, the casual fan who tunes out in the regular season, like myself, will watch. Um, and, and so that puts you forth in the pecking order right there. Shame on you. Shame on you guys. Well, and that's the thing, and, and I'm not saying this isn't a complicated situation that isn't difficult to figure out. I understand where both sides are at on it, but they have already completely missed what was a golden opportunity to build brand, to build goodwill with fans, to maybe create new fans. I mean, just absolutely killed themselves here by not becoming the first sport to return and, and, and have a month or two head start on the NBA getting back to action and the NFL starting training camps and all that type of thing. I mean, it's just, just a huge, huge miss on Major League Baseball's part. No question. All right, Skinny, the final date of the NBA Finals would be October 12th if it reaches seven games. That would be the same night as the Chargers play the Saints on Monday Night Football. So I ask you, if you can only watch one event that night, which one are you watching? Now, as we all know, we're all flippers, right? You're a channel flipper. I'm a channel flipper. I mean, I have ADD when it comes to a Saturday of college football. I will flip around until I almost make myself dizzy trying to follow all the different games. But in the scenario of the question you've asked, you only get one channel. You, you're locked in. You're locked into a channel. You can either watch Game 7 on Channel A or game, or the NFL game on Channel B, and that I, you get no other choice. You're going to kill me. I'm going to take the football game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch the football game. I really am. And I'm a basketball guy, but I'm going to watch the football game. I really find that hard to believe. Is that just because you cover the sport and you feel like you've got to be abreast on it? Or would you, I mean, do you really care about the Chargers and the Saints playing each other on Monday night more than you would a Game 7 of the NBA Finals? That makes there, no sense to me. Th there's a little bit of that. And I'll be honest, there's probably I will have a fantasy football rooting interest in, in, in that regard. I will maybe have a wager, which you can certainly have on Game 7 of the Final Two. I just have more compelling reasons, in my opinion, to watch the, the NFL game. And I, 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 would, I would tell you, I would be interested to see because we know i mean you'll admit this the nfl dwarfs anything else in sports right it just it's the behemoth that it's the, the cash cow whether it be college football or well, football in general whether it be college football or the nfl it, it dwarfs everything else um game seven's a different scenario though so i'd be interested to see what the tv ratings would would be for that night i, I think the nfl would actually win that night i really do the nfl might win the night but i feel like there are you know, there's a huge swath of this country that are football fans and not basketball fans, and that's always going to be that way. I, I totally understand that. But to me, if you are someone who is remotely interested in the NBA at all, you are watching a Game 7 of the NBA Finals 10 times out of 10, almost regardless of what else is on TV. I just I find it hard to believe any real sports fan who likes the sport of basketball the way you do and cares about the NBA even. I mean, you play – Fantasy NBA. But, but, my fan, but my fantasy season's over now, so I got no fantasy reason to watch. Well, well, right, but you care enough about the sport to know these players and play fantasy. I just can't believe you would not watch a Game 7 in the finals. That and I, and I'm, my not, mind. 
I'm if not we've trying got LeBron to... going against Giannis. I know. I in know. The finals, Lakers versus Bucks. You're not going to watch that. I, I know. Game I, seven. I get it. I, am I going to watch? Yes, but in the scenario that we're talking about, you only get one choice. I got to tell you, my choice would be the football game. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is a ridiculous question in 2020. Yes, like, yes. I, I have two screens mounted right over top of one another. Correct, I'm correct, obviously correct, going to watch two correct, things at the same correct. time that night. But, um, yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I, it blows my mind to hear you say that, to be honest. I, I, I'd I obviously watch Game 7. Yeah, that's why I want I, – I, 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 to, to me, I, I know it sounds crazy. I'm not trying to be a contrarian with this. I just – I think I'd have more of a rooting interest in the football game. But I don't think you are necessarily wrong that Monday Night Football would outdraw Game 7. I do think that's probably correct. Now, and to spin off of that, I mean, it sounds ridiculous that the season would go to October 12th, but, you know, that's the timeline. Man, that offseason is going to be a whirlwind because then you're going to draft, free agency, starting Christmas time. That seems like, bam, here we are. That's going to be nuts. I mean, it's, it's going to be insane. Normally, you would be starting around mid-October. A new season. Yes. I mean, like getting into, getting into your preseason, everything I'm saying. No, mean, qu- just, no question. I just, yeah, I, uh, I can't, I can't believe that they are going to have to turn it around that fast, but this is the world we're in now. It's going to be an interesting off season to say the least for the NBA. Yeah. And I guess you could argue that they've really had an off season, right? I mean, they've, they've had two or three months off. No, well, it's not. I mean, the, the players have had a rest, but in terms of the, all the transactions that need to take place, it's going to be fast. Happened. No, it's going to be quick. All right, it's time for our favorite segment of the podcast. Time for hashtag Ask Skinny Anything, where you send me your questions for one Richard Skinner or topics or links or whatever you want him to discuss on social media, and I pose them to him. So here we go. Skinny, if you could guarantee your kid was going to be really good at one sport, which sport would you choose? All right, so talking my kid personally, because I have two daughters, or is this just if I had a boy? Uh, well, let, let's go both. I, I think, I mean, I think your girls were good at the sport you would choose for them, right? Oh, uh, my, my one was, was a good high school player. My other one played in college. My oldest was a, was a college golfer. So I, for her, I think I would golf is a, is a, was a, was a great sport. I mean, it feels you good can to play me. It with them. Right. I, and I do, I mean, they're looking yeah. forward to taking me out for father's day. Um, and I'm looking forward to, to, to playing with them on father's day. Uh, so for them, I would, I would choose that. Um, I'm not sure that I would choose basketball despite being a basketball coach, even though they both played it a little bit. They weren't, either one was very good. They played up through middle school and then chose not to play in high school. Um, and I know my, my one would have had no chance to play. Well, they had a no cut policy, but she, she, <laughs> she, she wouldn't have played. She wouldn't have played anyway. But um, I, I, it just feels like every, every high school basketball player that I know personally, or I coach because I coached girls basketball at one point, you know, I think three kids that played AAU for me, maybe four in their career blow out their knee at some point. And it just, you know, it just feels like that's a, that's a part and parcel of the sport. So I, I think I'd go with, with golf for, for boys. I'll tell you what I'd make a boy right now. I'm just telling you right now, I'd put a ball in his left hand and say, go throw against that wall, son. You will become a left-handed pitcher because they're always in need. <laughs> I mean, you're just going to turn him into a left-hander, even yep, if he was yep. born a righty. The ball's going in the left hand, and I don't care. I'm going to. Ha- I'll, I'll. 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 I'll somehow make this work and make you a left-hander. You will be a left-handed pitcher for me. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I guess the the idea is that you come at this from a standpoint of like what's going to be easiest to succeed at, get a scholarship at, make money at down the line, maybe. And, and, and I got to look at genetics too. I'm, I'm a five foot seven Caucasian. Um, there's not a chance that I'm going to have a six foot seven son with with the ability to go dunk a basketball, right? So well, depends on who your wife is. Well, that's true too, but I think genetics also would come into play for me, which is I probably have a smallish child and I have two smallish daughters, so. Um, I, I, like I said, I'd make him a left-handed pitcher. I've been to enough AAU events out there, skinny, that I know there are some six, seven moms out there that could rock your world and uh, bring you a, a small forward. And then my luck would be that the genetics would fall back to my side. Yeah. He would get 100% your genes and be five ten. Exactly. Uh, this is so tough. I just don't know. Like if I can guarantee my kid is going to be really good. And even if that just means a great high school player, it's going hard. For, it's hard for me not to say basketball just because that's what I'd have the most fun watching him play. Uh, football would be tough just because of the commitment early on in life and the fact that seeing him potentially get his brain speed in on the yes. field wouldn't yep. be quite enjoyable. I don't think as a parent, and I'm not one yet, but I have to imagine that's, that's how it goes once you have kids. Um, and then 
I'm just, I'm not a golf guy. Like I'm not the, the, the sports you can get scholarships. Um, and, and granted, most of the time they're not even full scholarships and right, there's not a ton right. available. So that's kind of blown out of proportion a lot of times when they say it's easier to get scholarships in, in sports like tennis or golf or what have you. No, my, my daughter got a, 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 about as good an offer as you can get. She got a, a, a partial scholarship, about a half a scholarship athletically. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I, I'm just, I'm going to go basketball with that. But you, I mean, you're right. Ba- baseball might be the the best option there if you are uh, trying to make it as an athlete. But again, even in baseball, it's a lot of partial scholarships at, at the college level. No doubt. Yeah, no, no doubt. But um, I'm telling you, uh, w- what's the greatest need in baseball? That left-handed specialist. Now today, yeah. obviously you gotta, you gotta face three batters. So maybe that's changing <laughs> very quickly, but I'm, I'm sticking with baseball. Teach my kid to, to chuck it from 30 feet and send them up to Thomas Moore. We'll watch him play some D3. <laughs> there you go, baby. I love it. If you were to have a hypothetical NBA Jam style two-on-two tournament in the following sports, basketball, football, wiffle ball, street brawling, and beer drinking, which I don't know if the last two are exactly sports, sir, uh, which local media member would you choose to complete your team in each one? And then okay. he has a, a follow-up or two on there. Okay, well. so we're going to have to go these one by one, okay? Yeah. Basketball, um, football, basketball, street brawling, and beer drinking. All right, basketball, I'm taking Joe Daneman. Oh, Joe D from three. Joe, Joe D can play. Yeah. Yep. Joe D's in shape, Have you played too. with Joe D? I have not and played Joe D with play. him, but I saw uh, he played at the uh, Madison Square Garden. I, I heard he was a baller. There. Now, I, I will say Joe D's a bit of a black hole. He, he likes to shoot it, but he can play, and I respect that fact that, listen, you may not get it back when you give it up, but that's okay because he's a bucket getter. I'm I'm taking Joe D and I'm well. well he's a big think. Kobe guy, so that yeah, makes a right, lot of sense. Right, right. Yeah, I I'm not sure there's even a close second. I haven't played with a couple of guys, but Joe D to me, I think he he's right off the top of my head. Yeah, he'd be the guy. Now, if if we count Tony Pike in this regard, because I'd probably take Tony for another one that, that you mentioned. Can I only let's do this? Can I only take one in each, or do I, or, or can can they cross multiple lines here? So one of his follow ups is, I think he wants one for each initially, but then one of his follow ups is, what about if you had to have the same partner for all of the? Okay, all right, okay. So let, let, let's go one by each. So basketball wise, because Tony's in the media now, but I, I'm I'm taking Tony for something different. And um, for me, for me, basketball is Keenan Singleton. Yeah, I've not played with Keenan. I, I honestly, well, I haven't. I haven't either, but. Uh, let's let's face it. He's in shape, and he's what he six is. five. He's 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 a pretty tall guy. He's tall. I'm I'm going with Keenan. I feel like worst case scenario, he's locking Joe D up, and I'm putting thirty on you. See the thing the thing for this is if he did it in kind of the th- you know this is you know two on two, but if you did it in kind of a three on three format where if you grabbed a rebound and you could throw it right out to the line and a guy could catch it and shoot it right away with his. I'm already to, the catcher and shooter, so we don't need. Yeah, that. I I'm, I'm I I don't mind rebounding. You know me, I'm a I'm a fundamental box <laughs> out bound to go, rebound. Go, go go get it, guy. I, I'm I'm still going with Joe D, buddy. Uh, okay, that's that, that's the final answer, Joe Daneman. All right. Uh, what about your? I mean, football's Tony Pike, right? I mean, well, well, actually, he he may be a little uh, off the rocker with some of his views, but Rocky Boyman wouldn't be a bad choice for football. Rocky Boyman would be the perfect choice for football because you know he's going to be a good defensive player. A he's a good athlete. I mean, it's not like he yeah he, he can run all over the field. Yeah. Right. It's not like he can't catch a pass. So if I throw he's him still a pass, in insane shape. Yes. The problem, the, the problem for me is if I tried to play with Tony and tried to catch like a six yard hitch. My fear would be it would go right into my face. And I've got pretty good hands. I mean, I, I can catch a ball. I'm not scared of that. I'm just afraid that if Tony decided he was going to fire a fastball, I'd rather be the one throwing it to Rocky and having Rocky go make a play for yeah, me. So, that's the right choice. You use Rocky as the tight end. You, you go with the overall athlete there because otherwise you don't want me or you running out to try to catch the passes and get open. And, and if you're not using Tony as a quarterback, then what are you doing? I mean, he's still probably one of the better athletes and has yes, size. Yes. But Rocky's probably the better choice for a football partner. Although Keenan – he would be a good choice here as your wide Keenan receiver would be. to throw Keenan. Keenan's a rangy guy, and you're right. He is in very good shape. There's no question about it. Um, and did he play college football? I don't know the answer to that. I, he might, I think he, he played. I, think he I, play college I, I, I do know, and I've not met the guy, the, the new anchor at Channel 9. I think it's Caleb No, uh, new sports guy. I think he was a kicker at, in college. Oh, well, that doesn't count. Kickers well, aren't athletes. I'll tell you what. Um, Doug Pelfrey will tell you. Doug, uh, let me just tell you what. Doug Pelfrey in basketball. Would <laughs> he can ball, yeah. Doug Pelfrey was a hell of a basketball player, and Doug Pelfrey was a hell of a baseball player. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, wiffle ball, who are you taking? I'm going to go Doug Pelfrey there. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take you. I coached Doug in, in high school baseball. Doug actually uh, ended up going to Kentucky. As so, you're, so, so Doug's a, a member of the media? 
Um, yeah, he does Sunday nights with me on the Sports Authority. <laughs> okay, okay. I would. I mean, does, does does that not count? No, that's fair. I'm just. I was just clarifying. Okay. Um. Yeah. And and Doug actually turned down, and I still remember this. He asked me my advice on this. Should I go to Kentucky and walk on to play football, or take the scholarship in baseball to Morehead? I said, Doug, go play baseball. <laughs> shame, shame on me. I guess, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, in in fairness, he was probably asking you to do the exact opposite of whatever you That's, suggested. But so. I mean, at the time I was 23 years old coaching high school baseball. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Well, it appears to be uh, what he did. So it yeah. Out well. So no, it worked out great. I, I'm going to go Doug. I'll take Doug in the wiffle ball game. This is a tough one. Do we have any, uh, any flamethrowers on the or, or towering hitters that I could find? I mean, Rocky would be another one. I'd probably look at for this. If I would gonna... tell you, I'll tell you he's another good athlete. Um, and I don't know about wiffle ball, but you know him. Kevin Barnett, local 12 executive sports producer, is a pretty good athlete. Yeah, I, I feel like since he's not on air very often, uh, people don't, don't yeah. think of him as much. I but know. I would have I thought about him for, for basketball. In, in, in basketball. Yep. I mean, yep. honestly, football even, he wouldn't be terrible probably. Yep. Wiffle ball is a decent one. Oh, man, I'm drawing, I'm drawing a blank on uh, who I'd choose. for. Let's go to the next one, though. This is the one you want to know. Who are you choosing for street brawling? Hmm. Well, Rocky would have been a good choice. There too. <laughs> yeah, Rocky. I mean, Rocky's the best choice for all of these. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the pride of Georgetown, Ohio, because he just has that just grit ball in him a little bit. I'm taking George Vogel. Oh, well, here's the problem. I've got George Vogel as my beer drinking partner. So, ah, that's a so good he, here's what So here's what I'll do. I'll go George Vogel street brawling and choose you as beer drinking. <laughs> All right, there we go. I mean, that'd be a pretty good setup. <laughs> that's fair. That, that's, a fair that's a fair call. I've that's got a, a solid call. team. Who would you choose as your beer drinking guy, Vogel? Yeah, that's a tough one because I just George, chose George for, for the street brawl. Yeah. Um, see, I was thinking of taking, taking Pike for that too. Pike likes his PBRs at his little place in, in Reading. Um, he'd <laughs> certainly be a mix. Right? Hang on. I, I got to think of all the – you know what? I, I'm just going to – I don't even know these people. I'm choosing somebody from WEBN, whoever it is. So I'm just going to th- throw a random WEBN person and take for them. Your, for your beer drinking because they're doing all yeah. their shows hungover anyways no, and no probably question. on other substances. I, I, I'll say this. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go Eddie Fingers. I know Eddie's more of a wine guy, but – I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go Eddie fingers. I'll go wild man Walker on beer drinking. That's a good call too. That's a, <laughs> that's an accurate call as well. The street brawling. Uh, I mean, if we're not including Rocky, cause we've included him for three different other things, I think it becomes a really interesting question. The, the, you know, we had a question last week about Jed Demusi or Chris Rankle. You know, I, I, it's funny you say that. I thought of, of both of those guys. Um, I don't, <laughs> I, I, Jed would be an interesting choice. Yeah. You know what? I feel like Jed's a good wiffle ball player. I might take Jed as my wiffle mm. ball guy. He's, he's gained some dad weight, but also dad strength, which I think might add a few, few more homers onto his, uh, his stats. So <laughs> this is one of my favorite questions ever here. Yeah. Uh, so here's, here's where it really gets interesting. So what if you have to have the same partner for all of them? Who are you choosing? I'm going Pike. Uh, Doug doesn't drink to my knowledge. Um, Rocky actually was a baseball player I know in his youth. I don't know if he played at St. Xavier in high school or not. Um, and wiffle ball is certainly different, but i got to take some level of that. I, I, I think, honestly, and, and Tony's, Tony's from Reading, right? I mean, if you come from Reading, man, you got to know how to fight. Yeah. I, 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 I'm taking my man Tony Pike. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably go Rocky if I have to go for all of them. Um, I don't know if Keenan – Keenan doesn't strike me as a fighter, or, and I don't even know if he drinks beer. I've very nice guy. Keenan yeah, is about as nice – he's a very nice guy. He's so nice. I just don't see him being a fighter, but he'd be one of the best athletes overall. I think that's probably right. Um, so I'd feel good about winning the first three events, and then I can handle the fighting and the beer drinking maybe. I don't know. See, I think I could handle all those. I think I'd be one of the best in just about all those except for the street brawling part. <laughs> I feel like you've got some scrappiness, though. You want to? Yeah, I wouldn't back down, but I just don't know if I could. I could handle. <laughs> if I, I think somebody eventually would whip my ass. Well, here I think you you are a decent answer for this next part of the question. What about if you could only choose media members over fifty? Um, I, I think well, I think I think there's no question. I'm I'm ta- I'm raising my hand and taking myself. Yeah, I think. Well, here's another one I think would be pretty good because I feel great about winning basketball. Is if I had Brad Johansson. Yeah, I've played with Brad. Brad's a black hole, though. Well, of course, but he's also can be a black hole because he's like six five. I mean, uh, let, me, let me tell you my favorite playing with Brad Johansson story. So we're playing. We used to play at Mount St. Joe, a bunch of media members. It was a fun pickup game. So somehow this this was like game point either way, like next bucket one either side. 
And so Brad posts me up. I, he just got caught in a bad switch, right? And he posts me up. And as soon as he put the ball in the deck, I just reached around and took it away. And he cries foul. And I said, you're blank, blank, blank. And he goes, yeah, you're right, man. My bad. <laughs> I thought, don't you cry foul at game point when I didn't touch you, bro. I thought, you know I'm going to respect you, but don't. There's no way in a pickup game you're crying foul on that, right? I can't believe so. Brad so handsome is soft. That's, that hurts me to hear. Yes. Um, you, you're – you know, I just thought of this one that we kind of blanked on. I think Mo Egger, he's a good guy to drink beers with. He might not have been a yeah, bad option for the no, beer. No, that's a great one, too. Yes, I've, I've had beers with Mo, and Mo can more than handle himself, too. That's Oh, that guy will put down a Miller Lite or two, that, or Bud Light, whatever his choice that's, is. That, yeah, that may change my choice on this. So I'm going to go back to George as the street brawler, right? And I'll, yep. go with, I'll go with Mo as the beer guy. Beer that's drinker. A, that's, yeah, yeah, as opposed to over Eddie Fingers, yes. Yeah, and the over 50 guys, I think I'm liking you or Vogel if I've got to go for all of the events. If I've got to go one by one, I think it's Johansson for, for basketball. That's fair. Um, I don't know who I'd choose for football. Maybe, honestly, maybe I would go with our guy, the pride of the uh, 700 WLW airwaves on the weekends. Gosh, stud. <laughs> I love it. Chick Ludwig. I love it. <laughs> Chick Ludwig as my guy in football just because, man, I feel like he'd run through a brick wall with snot bubbles coming out of his nose for me. <laughs> you, I would say this. Whether he's any talented or not, you know you're getting 110% from that cat. And that's all I need out of an that's all you need. league. That's exactly it. <laughs> Wiffle ball? You know who I might consider here just because I feel like he would take it really seriously and he probably still hits wiffle balls? Lance. That's a good one too. I feel like Lance I, I, has I, played I, a game of wiffle ball this year. I think that's. I think you're probably right. He probably has. Yeah. Even with a pacemaker, I think I'll go Lance in the over fifty league. Good call. Street brawling, I'm going Vogel. Beer drinking, I'm going you. <laughs> I I like the fact that the beer drinking I get involved with the beer drinking. That's the best part. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would take you for. I would consider you in, in uh, wiffle ball for the over fifty. I would consider you probably for basketball in the over fifty. Yeah, I appreciate at least being under consideration for those. That's the good part. Yeah, but I already had you etched out for beer drinking yeah, just because no. I like to take the known. Yeah, that's no. a good call. Oh, yeah, that, that's, a good, that's a very good point. Yeah. Uh, and we'll wrap it up with this. What would be your ultimate drive through restaurant Frankenstein meal? For example, BK's Whopper with McDonald's fries. So I guess the idea is you take a main course from one drive through joint and a side dish from another. And I will say I'm not doing – like fast casual here. So no Chipotle skyline, anything like that, because right. that'd make it too easy. All right. I am a, my favorite fast food hamburger. Believe it or not is Wendy's. I just, I love Wendy's. So a, a, a double from Wendy's. We'll start there. I'm going to pass on the McDonald's fries. So I'm going to come back to the drink in a second. I'll go, man, I'll, I'll go, I'll go Chick-fil-A waffle fries. That's a good one. I love Chick-fil-A waffle fries and a fountain Coke from from mcdonald's because there's still there's nothing better although mcdonald's fries still are the best but i'm a big waffle fry guy and the thing about the waffle the thing about mcdonald's fries that's really difficult is they're not great to dip in ketchup they just don't it doesn't yeah. work the waffle fries when you get that little ketchup packet that you can oh, unzip from dip. it's perfect it's yeah. perfect so yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with 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 that that is my meal so one i've always wanted is Popeye's spicy chicken tenders with Cane's fries and sauce and toast. Like, give me all the Cane's sides, but just give me Popeye's spicy tenders. Because Cane's tenders are just, like, okay to me. They're kind of bland, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. sometimes, and they don't have spicy. I like the spicy, so I would like that a lot. Um, another one is I would like to go through Taco Bell, do a little, like, cheesy gordita crunch and chili cheese burrito, and then do, like, Rally's seasoned fries with that. Ah, see, that's just too much. I can't do fries with Mexican food. Well, I mean, uh, I would if, if I had the option. Um, steak and Shake Mushroom and Swiss Burger. Ooh. One of my favorite burgers. Interesting. With Chick-fil-A's waffle fries, and I'm going to grab the cheese sauce while I'm at Steak and Shake that they have for their fries. So I'm going to dip the waffle fries in the cheese because, as you mentioned, waffle fries, great dipping fry. See, now you got the choice too. So, so what would you do for drink? And I didn't even do dessert because if I did it in retrospect. Yeah, I don't do dessert. Yeah, I'm not a big, big one either. But if you did dessert with it, I'd have to then do Wendy's something. Wendy's Frosty. Yes, correct. So I'd have to take the Wendy's burger off my menu. And I'd probably go Steak and Shake for the burger. I, their burgers are still 
still great. Um, yeah, they are just, solid. J- just give me a simple double cheeseburger with pickle, onion, and mustard, and I'm good to go with the Chick-fil-A fries, the McDonald's Coke then, and the Frosty from Wendy's. There's my meal. That's it. You know, the only soft drink that I drink nowadays is a Coke Zero. Um, and I'm not a big soft drink guy, but if you're doing it on a if, if I'm going to eat the slop we're talking about, I'm slopping it all the way up with a Coke from McDonald's, brother. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I will slop it up with a Coke Zero, but it's just the only one I, I like these days. Um, and I think the best Coke Zero is Cane's. So I think while I'm at Cane's, I'll grab the Coke Zero. So there you okay. go. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's funny for some of those fountain drinks. I, I used to back in the day, um, I, you know, my teens and, and 20s, I was probably a three or four Coca-Cola a day kind of guy. And then, you know, you kind of grow out of that, right? Yeah. Um, and I always thought even then, and I worked at McDonald's, I'm like, this fountain Coke tastes so much better than the Coke. It just, it, for whatever reason, and it's always stuck with me, that fountain Coke from McDonald's to this day is still, it's the best thing ever to, to drink. It really, truly is. I was I a big. I, and I don't know why. I was a big fountain fountain coke guy at McDonald's, but they've got their they got their own uh, secret recipe for it. They've got a different little uh, mixture than everybody else has. They There's must, a, but yeah, it's uh, it, they they do have a great coke. But I back in the day, like you said, it, you know, teens and, and early twenties, I used to do. They had those like sixty four ounce thermal mugs at Speedway. <laughs> I would fill that up with Mountain Dew and be all jacked up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> I remember those days. Regularly. It's like, what are they trying to do to America? Yeah. Honestly. And well, it would be what, and, like 99 cents, right? To do yeah, that? Yeah. And, and if you recall a few years later, I was 250 pounds. So that, <laughs> just, it, did because, exact, it had the exact effect you thought it would. No. And that's the funny part is it was cost prohibitive for you to go get a 12 ounce can of Mountain Dew, right? Because that was like a buck 39 yeah. as opposed to the 99 cents, 64 ounce out of the fountain. Yep. Silly. So you just crush one or two of those a day and you'll be dead by 30. Yeah. All right. Keep the questions coming. I like, I, I love the, 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 the those are the, three pretty good ask any anything were, questions. Those today. were really, those, those we obviously really didn't good. ask for a lot of submission or any submissions this week because of everything going on, yes, but yeah, no, uh, people still came through. So yeah, I, li- I liked it very much. Rick enjoyed it as always. We'll be back uh, a week from today. Uh, hopefully we'll get closer to a resolution in major league baseball. We'll get closer and closer to, uh, I think next week, a lot of college campuses um, are letting some of their athletes on and hopefully you get some good reports of, of no positive Corona virus tests and them able to work out and that gets us a little closer to sports uh, but we'll keep trying to fill this podcast with uh, with stuff that that uh, people want to talk about maybe laugh about and then maybe criticize us about so there we go rick thanks very much thank you all right for rick brewing i'm richard skinner it's the skinny podcast the weekly hopefully edition